Talking Seinfeld is proudly brought to you by the Four Finger Discount Network. It's Talking Seinfeld, the podcast where we discuss everything about the show about nothing. I'm Dando. I'm Guy. How are you, good sir? I'm doing all right, actually. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're supposedly in the midst of summer here, but it's very grey, very hazy. Very smoky, isn't it? Yeah, we will try and give you some diversion <laughs> from that by, uh, as Dando said, talking about the show about nothing. How long was it on the air? It felt like it was on forever because it's basically been repeated forever, but I mean... 89 to 98. 89, Okay. That's what the Seinfeld Chronicles, which was like the tenth test pilot, aired. I think it was like July fifth uh, in eighty nine. So we should yeah. probably say to the listeners out there who we are. So I'm Dando, um, being co-host of the Simpsons Four Finger Discount podcast for the past five years. And twelve months ago, we put out on our Patreon page uh, that we wanted to do a Seinfeld podcast. And for reasons that we won't get into, just one thing or another, didn't it just didn't happen. But finally, I've got the man himself, Mr. Guy Davis here, who was keen to get on board and discuss this uh, incredible show. And I feel like we're going to bring a really unique take because there's so many Seinfeld podcasts out there who are hardcore fans. I really enjoy the show. I'm not a hardcore fan like I am Simpsons, but you were somebody who experienced Seinfeld when it was first out. I was still a child. And if anyone who was my age who said they watched Seinfeld when I was six is full of shit. They had it on in the background maybe. and they Yeah, were- it was on. It, we knew it existed, but we, we weren't fans of the show. I mean, maybe some, I don't know, but it's, I feel like you... With a little more lived, mileage on the meter, absolutely. It. I was a grown man. Yeah, so... You, well, like, no, I think I was about 19 <laughs> or so. A man child. Yes, so indeed. You'll, you'll be able to bring a, a really different twist to this because I really want to know what was it like when Seinfeld was on the air in Australia because it wasn't... It's not big in the UK. I found a lot of our listeners from the UK either don't like the show or have never actually watched it. That's the thing. Yeah, I mean, certainly in Australia, I mean... Uh, I think if you grew up watching it or you're aware of it on its in its free to air incarnation, mm. then you you think of it you associate it with Channel Ten like you do with The Simpsons. Yep, you know because Channel Ten obviously knew they were on a good thing and they just churned episode after episode after episode. It was on pretty much five nights a week, wasn't it? Uh, at I, some stage, for some reason, I remember it being after The Simpsons. Like like you'd have yeah like you'd, you had the or, package or, deal. actually sorry before Simpsons so you would have Simpsons at six the the old school reruns and you'd have Neighbours yes and then it was Seinfeld and then the new Simpsons usually that's correct yeah. yeah now look I'm saying that's correct like with some degree of authority <laughs> we, we're probably gonna have to hit Google and actually yeah. look back and go it wasn't that way at all but it certainly felt that way it's, but, it was one of the two big shows for ten it's like think of the shows you associate with ten Simpsons Seinfeld is there any others Sports Tonight probably Neighbours <laughs> yeah Neighbours yeah yeah Neighbors, anyway yeah. yeah continue what were you gonna say yeah. um, but the thing of it was it actually started on Channel Nine that's where I first remember seeing it no shit really yeah I'm pr- well look again maybe I'm remembering because <laughs> maybe I'm misremembering because you know. I'll try and find yeah, this, yeah. But I'm pretty sure that, yeah, back in 89 or 90, whenever it first aired in Australia, that I saw it on Channel 9. And that is mind-boggling to me. I've just... I, yeah, because you associated so, it so strongly. But with I was that. so young as well that I was, wouldn't have remembered. Yeah, but it, and they showed it at something like 9 o'clock as, you know, because Seinfeld's a fairly grown-up show. I mean, you know, well, it's, you know, in terms of its humour, it's pretty... Sophisticated and also sometimes pretty racy. Yeah. So yeah, not necessarily something you want to be explaining to the six-year-olds. It's like, what 
they mean by mulva? So, eh, maybe when you're older. Yeah. And maybe when I get it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but I mean, I remember seeing that first episode, or, or certainly one of the first episodes, because I'd never heard of Jerry Seinfeld. Even really? though he. No, okay. no. I mean, even though he was a fairly successful comedian in the lead up to getting the show. But even then, you know, not in the realm of, say, Robin Williams or uh, even some of the other big stand-ups of the time. Well, he was mostly just doing stints on Carson and things like that. Yeah, which, of course, we didn't get. Or if we got, you know, occasionally Channel 9 would show, like, Johnny Carson after midnight over the summer. Okay, so Carson wasn't always on TV. No, no. Well, not in Australia, absolutely not. I mean... um, Growing up, it was always Letterman. He was always on, on Channel 9. Yeah, and even then, that's... uh, well, because when are you talking about then? You're talk- you'd be talking about the 90s, I Mid imagine. Mid to late even- 90s, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember when they started showing Letterman on, wow. on Australian yeah. TV. And I was like, well, this is pretty rad. Yeah, that would be yeah, cool. Yeah, because Letterman was a guy you'd occasionally read about if, you know, you picked up like a copy of American Rolling Stone or something like that. And you'd hear about... Who is this rock star host? Yeah, yeah. who's this guy who's, you know, taking the late night scene by storm, who's supposedly this... <laughs> back in the day, young and edgy alternative to guys like Carson. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, when, yeah, when they started showing Letterman on uh, on Australian TV, episodes are probably like three weeks old or something like that. But you didn't but still, know. There's no no, no, no. And, and you'd be like, wow, I get to see um, Carlton from Fresh Prince. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> who, are, who are these people? Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it was it was a fascinating time before mm. the world got globalised, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, and yeah. you're seeing stuff about American celebrities who... Oh, okay. Maybe this is someone interesting. Maybe there's someone worthwhile working out, uh, worth worthwhile checking out. Yep, yep. So you do your, uh, you know, you do your homework or you buy hideously marked up American magazines to sort of read about them or whatever. But um, yeah, I mean Seinfeld in that case. Jerry Seinfeld was like someone who, no, I had not really heard of. You know, you'd maybe go to the news agency and you'd flick through like an American issue of of as I said, Rolling Stone yep. or Entertainment Weekly or whatever, and oh, this guy's on the rise. And did, did TV Guide Australia talk about American shows very often, or was it the ones that they the, the ones that were popular? The big, in like Australia. the mash and the cheers, yeah, and stuff. that yeah. kind of thing. But uh, you know, but America and England had all these things that we weren't privy to, or mm-hmm. we were privy to years down the months or years down the line. And I think that's why this is like very localized. But the show Countdown, I think that's why it worked so well because it was the only way to get access to international stars. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, uh, and it was always a big deal when you know someone came out you know, from the States or from the UK or whatever, and appeared on Canada. It's like, well, it's Iggy Pop or it's, you know, uh, Nick Nick Kershaw or Kenny Loggins. Madonna, Alton John, they all... Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, Canada absolutely got big names as well. And this was the only outlet for them all. Yep. Yeah, supposedly. Yep. Yeah, so, um, but as far as Seinfeld went, yeah, I mean, look, this memory is both vague and specific at the same time. But, uh, yeah, I remember watching Channel 9 late one night. When I say late, I mean, like, nine o'clock or so. And, yeah, it was either Seinfeld or the Seinfeld Chronicles. But here's this guy, and he's got this very sort of snappy, specific New York kind of comedy, which was the kind of comedy that I dug. Okay. And it also had, you know, people that I recognised in it. I mean, I... I knew of Michael Richards because I think I'd seen him in a couple of other things. But he was on that yeah. show Fridays. Yeah, 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 and I think he was in like the weird. He was in the Weird Al Yankovic movie UHF as okay. well, which was a bit of a cult classic. Problem Child, but that was after Seinfeld started. I think so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think and he also, filmed a pre because that came out in ninety. It, so he would have filmed it before Seinfeld. Probably, yeah. yeah. But uh, but Jason Alexander, I knew for some mm. reason. I think he'd actually been <laughs> in. Uh, sorry, this is a real side 
uh, tangent or whatever, but he was in this horror movie that I really dug from the mid-80s called The Burning. Okay. It's like a Friday the 13th rip-off. Wow. Uh, Serial yeah, killer? Very much so. Yeah, yeah, sent to summer camp and, yeah, years earlier, the, the naughty kids had really stuck it to the abusive caretaker by playing a prank on him that resulted in him getting set on fire. He, you know, turns into the woods of one of the characters. Oh, he's a Big Mac. Well done. And he's already pissed off at the kids, so he goes back to the camp with his garden shears and just, you know, wreaks havoc. Jason Alexander is like one of the new campers. He's clearly like 25 or something, but he's got a full head of hair. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it was strange to see him without hair. And yeah. But it, um, even when he had hair, it looked like it was a rug. It kind of <laughs> did. But um, I remember thinking, I really like this Jason Alexander guy. I think, uh, he could actually go somewhere. And then he didn't for a while. Have you seen his McBL? BLT, I think it is, the commercial for McDonald's. No. Oh, it is fantastic. Do you remember the, the movie Mac and Me where they do the big song I and do, dance yeah. McDonald's? It's like that. The big <laughs> McDonald's song and dance. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I remember reading about that he was actually a really accomplished Broadway performer. Mm. Yeah, and he was in like Guys and Dolls and, yep. you know, and, you know, could actually, you know, really belt out he a could tune. Act, yeah. yeah, and a really good entertainer. Yeah. So I was glad to see him. And who is never not glad to see Julia Louis-Dreyfus because... She's incredible. Yeah, she's just marvellous across the board. And even at that early stage, I think I'd probably seen her on a few other things or I'd read about her and some things. thought, who's this very pretty lady? Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> and, then you re- and then you see her in, in, in shows like Seinfeld or whatever and you realise, also one of the funniest people alive. Yeah, she's not just pretty. It's like you are just like... You have the ultimate personality. Very much so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So with, you know, that sort of cadre of talent yeah. around him. And then, you know, even watching just the snippets of the stand-up act on the show. Yeah, yeah. You're kind of like, well, this guy's good. Mm. Yeah, I mean, there's clearly a reason they've given this guy a show. I mean, they've picked the best it's, parts, it's, yeah, but still. It, yeah, it's his, it's his comedy chops, not his acting. Yeah. Jerry Seinfeld can't really act. And, and he will tell you that. <laughs> yeah, he will tell you that. He they, will they wrote the show around that. that. Absolutely. <laughs> but even then, I mean, you know, he, yeah, you're right. He sort of does what he does well. I think yeah, they, they, they it, tailor the show to his particular skill set. 100%. And he's gone on the record and saying that he couldn't have done any other show. It had to be this show. Yeah. Because A, he couldn't act, but B... It was. It did, he didn't have to act. It was just being him. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple of moments in the show where he's over exaggerating, but that just ha- that's what the show became. Absolutely. Like it just fit the show. And you know, the makers of the show will cop to this. Anyone who uh, digs the show will cop to this. They're not nice people. They're, no, you know, they're not. That's it's, it's, why it works because yeah. we're all horrible people. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's not. It's not warm, huggable comedy like. No. And Seinfeld seems to be. Yeah, these are not nice people getting into not nice situations or navigating this way through awkward situations. Now, I know Married with Children had horrible people on the show, but was this the first time where they never tr- pretended to try and be nice? Whereas Married with Children, they were still a family who respected each other at the end of the day. They can't, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think with you know with the Bundy family and Married with Children, there was always that... It felt sort of unrealistic. It was just so It was so heightened, yeah, yeah, that they were gross and, yeah. you know... And, but these uh, were just not gross. They were just... They were just people. Yeah, yeah. Doing everyday things that you never saw on television, I don't think. Because I was it the first of its kind? Is that why? Like, why was it I such a I don't reckon it was hit? the first of its kind, but I reckon it was probably one of the best of its kind. Okay, yeah. And also, it, it really sort of struck the right balance of being, these are terrible people, but I'm compelled to keep watching them. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, whether it was the chemistry of the cast, whether it was the caliber of the writing, probably all of the above. Uh, but, you yeah, know, that's why it worked and that's why it, you know worked so well for close to a decade and why it keeps getting repeated, 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 repeated. Why so many uh, catchphrases and phrases have entered the 
the common yeah. vernacular as well. At the time, though, was it was it big in Australia, or was it always just a, an American thing that America some Australians appreciate? Because I've I've struggled over the years to find friends who a watch the show or. Because we didn't watch it when we were kids. Yeah. Who took the time to go back and revisit it? Uh, well, that's. I mean, as I said, it was on Channel Nine, and Channel Nine clearly didn't know what to do with it. They thought they may have had a bit of a dud on their hands. I so, have to know this. Actually, like, I'm taking yeah. your word for it. Like, you, uh, you know everything. So I, that, well, yeah, but I'm wrong a lot of the time, man. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's not let's not put that aside. But. No, it was certainly on nine. I remember okay. watching it on nine, but yep. you know, it's famous for being on ten in yeah, Australia. Yeah. Yep. So clearly they were like, We don't know what to do with this. You know, we've maybe we've tried shuffling around to a few other time slots and they're just not you know, they no one's picking up what we're putting down here. So okay, we'll have a fire sale. Ten, you have it. Yep, yep, yep. Um same thing happened with neighbours. Neighbours originally started on channel seven. No shit. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Yeah, and then it went to 10 and... That's an institution. And now it's an institution. So they were like, oh, God damn, we'd better make another show. And they made Home and Away. Yeah. Rest is history. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, how how long it took to take off on Channel 10, I'm not exactly sure. Guys, this is very much an introductory kind of thing where we're talking about what we're doing. There'll be research, I promise. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it took took a long time for it to take off in the States as well, though. Oh, yeah. Like, it, it very... Easily could have never existed, Seinfeld. Yeah. It was going to be just a one and done show, the Seinfeld Chronicles. Mm. Move on. Larry David had no intention of it being a series. He was yeah. mortified when I asked him to make 13 episodes. <laughs> he was mortified when I asked him to do four more to make the season five. Like he did not feel like he could do it. He had yeah. no writing experience, but Jerry wanted Larry because he was the only one he could trust. Yeah. And now these guys all own their own islands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine the money Jerry Seinfeld would have? Oh, God. Well, didn't he have like a garage full of Porsches or something? Or, uh, oh, he's a big car man. Much yeah. like Leno. Leno loves cars as Leno well. Leno loves his cars. He loves vintage cars. Yeah. I did Google Seinfeld's net worth. Now, what do you think Jerry Seinfeld would be worth, according to Google? Now, I, my initial thought is some ludicrous amount, like $150 million, And I'm probably lowballing. You said $150 million? Did you say $150? I, I said $100. $100? $100, go higher. But let's go up in 25 increments. $125 mil. He is worth... $950 million. Just shy of a bill. Yeah. Jerry fucking Seinfeld is nearly a billionaire. Jesus, man. That's, so, That's look, syndication, baby. You're going to, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I bet there's a whole bunch of comedians and creatives out there who are just sort of really pissed off about the, the slow death of the commercial TV format. Because, I mean, apparently, I mean, you don't get residuals or syndication stuff with, with streaming services. I no. think you. There's some kind of convoluted financial deal where, you know, you get paid. The big names that, say, Netflix are signing up, like Ryan Murphy or Shonda Rhimes, who made Grey's Anatomy and How to Get Away with Murder, they hit them with a really big upfront deal. It's like, we, you know, signed so-and-so to a deal for $35 million, but that's probably about as much as they're going to make. They're not going to make a lot of back-end money, whereas, you know, Jerry is making big-ass back-end yeah. money. He's making, you <laughs> He's know, making Jennifer Lopez. whole bank. Yes, <laughs> the big-ass butt. Um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, oh, look, I I knew it was like a million with extra zeros. Yeah, on yeah. It. I didn't realize it was that much. That's, it's incredible. Yeah, that, that's that just, it. That just shows insane. the power of Seinfeld. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. And and for you to say that you know you've heard from people in the U or the UK or whatever, particularly like, the UK. Yeah, yeah. Who like, I feel like Australian, just us as Australians, we are more inclined to give American comedies a go. I reckon we are because we UK, grew up with a lot not, of them. Yeah. yeah, in the UK, they're more about their own comedies. And, and they produce far more comedies. Australia doesn't produce mm. many TV shows that are successful. No. I mean, the, the UK pumped out like off The Office and just 
hit oh, after absolutely. hit after hit after hit. Yeah. But they're all very different from American comedy. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And I mean, sure, there are some you know UK shows that have done really well over here that uh, you know haven't hit in the US. I mean, you know, the goodies are huge here. I'm not a, I'm not a huge goodies guy, but mm. you know, I have a lot of I have, you know a lot of friends who are really into it. My parents sort of love quite shows, a chapter and verse. Yeah, and, my parents love shows like um, On the Buses and all yeah. those old school ones. They love them. I actually don't mind them. I mean, there'll be occasions I've, when I've, I'll sort of go down the YouTube rabbit hole of just watching a couple of old episodes of On the Buses just because I remember it from when I was a very young yeah, kid. Yeah. And, you know, even if you don't know anything about the setup or the characters or anything like that, just hear the theme tune and you're like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah. yeah, that's nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there's a nostalgia factor. Oh, absolutely. Which is what I'm kind of like. So with Seinfeld, you weren't a fan when it was on, or um, like, describe describe it when it was on, when it was when it was the show right. in the world. Was everyone talking about Seinfeld in Australia? I think you had a. Oh, it's it's hard, it's hard to describe. Really, I mean, I guess it was kind of like The Simpsons in the way that it just sort of really it stealthily. Snuck in, became a part and, of pop culture. Yeah, and you know, all of a sudden, people are talking about you know, in lieu of making up actual jokes for themselves, people will just say, "Oh, you got to come see the baby," you know, or they're you know, yeah, not they're parroting lines from the show, and they just sort of found their way into everyday speech. I mean, you know, even the least funny person, you know, would sort of say something like, "And not that there's anything wrong with that." It just became yeah. this sort of shorthand to you know be part of the. Part of the gag. I can remember. What, I can remember that being a thing. That not that there's anything wrong with that. Not knowing why. Yeah. I just remember people saying it. Yeah. yeah. Or you know, people would say things like, you know, the Drake would enter the conversation, or uh, you know, they're real and they're spectacular. Yeah, or Spongeworthy, or all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, and I guarantee people there are people today who will drop that kind of thing into conversation or use it as a bit of a punchline or a bit of a that that's what she said kind of thing. That's a different show altogether, of course. <laughs> yeah. But. Um, yeah, who were not necessarily diehard Seinfeld fans, but it's just infiltrated the culture so much that it becomes something that you say. Yeah. Yeah, look, I don't think it was... Like, certainly in the 90s, well, you know, when, during its first run, I don't think it was necessarily a blockbuster, but it was really? just... okay. Oh, but it was uh, present enough and good enough that, you know, it, it got talked about and it got seen and... Uh, I guess it wasn't a show you could sit down with the family and watch. Well, The Simpsons, you could do that. You could, absolutely, yeah. I mean, yeah, I think Seinfeld was more sort of like for the, I guess, for the cool kids. The hip crowd, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, and with uh, with time and, you know, constant repetition, repetition, repetition. Yep, yep. Uh, yeah, it just becomes yeah, part of the, the fabric of your, of your uh, creative consumption. Can you remember the first time, besides the Seinfeld Chronicles, you sat down and watched the show? Oh, what, look, what, what, what did you think? When you watched Seinfeld Chronicles, what did you think at the time? Did you think, oh, this is not going to work? Um, look, I didn't think, oh, this is a dud. I mean, I think, you know. It was very different. It was it was a bit different, absolutely. Um, yeah, I remember thinking, I'll give this a whirl. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll stick with this for the time being. I mean, uh, yeah, as, as I said, Channel 9 kind of, I think, shuffled it around the uh, the time uh, timetable. They love doing that in Australia. They do. It's, yeah, it's yeah. caused the demise of so many shows. Yeah, I mean, I, I imagine it's worked and probably worked very effectively on a few occasions, and so they keep yeah. doing it. But uh, yeah, I think it's probably resulted in the in the death or just the you know. Because uh, so Firefly suffered from that. They didn't even air oh, it in order. Yeah, yeah. But Firefly, man, that's one of the just. Oh, that is a because sh- yeah because you that mean had you, such potential. You look at it in order now, and and it's. Yeah, pretty much sort of set the set the tone for a lot it was of like things. A Mandal- it's like Mandalorian. Oh yeah, yeah. Or yeah, or certainly the new, even the new Star Wars movies, or the new Star Trek movies. Yeah. I mean, um, 
but Firefly probably lifted from Star Wars and Star Trek before yeah, yeah. them as Space well. Western, so, yeah. but you know, with Joss Whedon's particular style, so yeah, I mean, I think Australian TV certainly had a when they were back when there were only like five channels or whatever, yeah, and a world of content to sort of choose from, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, they uh, like oh, okay, well, well, let's put it here, see if it works. Put it here, see if it works. Put it here, and yeah, sometimes it does, sometimes it's it doesn't. And just like we'll just take that and do something. Well, yeah, with it. and we'll yeah, because they were still sort of finding their finding their way. Plus, look, this is just a theory. It may not hold a lot of water, but, uh, you know, Seven had the footy for a very, very long time. Yeah, yeah. And Nine had the cricket. Yep. Yeah. Seven, I think, also had the tennis. Seven had yeah. the tennis now. But, but, yeah, nine, but, nine ten, had the but tennis ten, But Ten didn't really have the, much of a... It didn't have that sport ten pole. So well, it had well, to, Ten it, was more for, like, the younger audience, right? Very much so, yeah. So yeah. it had to find its own ten poles. Yeah. And I think they realised, oh, maybe we can do that with... Uh, with comedies and certainly comedies that there's comedies, a lot of yeah. epos of. Yep. So, yeah, that's why The Simpsons became so popular and that's why Seinfeld became so popular. Yep. I think it became just a thing that's like, oh, it's there and it's there a lot. Yep. Um, it must and, be you know, And it's not especially demanding. I was going to say, Seinfeld for me now is one of those shows, kind of like what you said about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. I can have it on. I've seen it enough times where I know it's going to happen. I'll just walk yeah. in there and go, oh, yeah, it's Jerry. Yeah, and there's a bit that's like, oh, I can, I can split for this bit. Oh, this bit's coming out. Oh, yeah. Stop. Yep. Let's have a look at this. That's good. Yeah. So I think feels, that's I think that's homely for me. Absolutely. Yeah. I think yeah. that, and I think that's part of the reason for the uh, for its ongoing success. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I remember. So, like I said, when I was a kid, I wasn't I wasn't allowed to watch it. So it was on the same like not the same time as The Simpsons, but it was like just before or just after one or yeah. the other. And Mum wouldn't let me watch it because she'd heard about the you know the stories about them having the masturbating and yeah. all that kind of stuff. And I was like, no, not for kids. Not allowed to watch it. I wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons for up until I was eight either. Oh man, but. But I remember being a teenager, I would have been about 15 or so, and Foxtel used to have this station called TV One, used to play mm. all the old 90s comedies. And Absolutely. Whatnot. I remember laying there late night, and it was like 2 a.m., and Seinfeld was on, and I was like, I'm going to finally give this show a, a chance. Yeah. And it was the one with the pig man. I think it's called oh, The Briss. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then the, the followed up with the episode where um, Jerry dates the deaf girl, and then George uses her to lip read. That's yeah. right, yeah. And I was like, this is fucking great. Like, oh, and, yeah. then, and then from then on... And it wasn't long after that that the DVDs came out. I was just like, oh, it's meant to be. And I've still got the DVDs. <laughs> oh, they're out in the lounge at the moment. But those collections, I love shows that have a great backstory. And Seinfeld mm. has one of the greatest ever when it comes to like successful comedies on TV. And I just love watching every episode has its own little mini doco and any behind the scenes stuff. I was just absorbing it. And I just became this, you know, huge, huge fan of Seinfeld. But then I discovered Girls and... <laughs> Not the TV show yeah. girls, actual, actual women. <laughs> and, and just going out and drinking and whatnot. And I just haven't gone back and revisited the show since. And then, you know, get married, become a dad. And I think a part of it too is I would put it on and Nicola was like, oh, no, I don't like Seinfeld. But she'd never actually watched it. Mm. I think it was just the UK mindset of, oh, it's Seinfeld. I don't know what this is. I don't like it. No, yeah. no, no one liked it. And then she sat down and watched it oh, about a month ago. And she was like, this is really good. And now I get home from yeah. work and she's watching Seinfeld. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> yes success. So now I've got to- <laughs> Another satisfying So this customer. podcast has given me a chance to go back and revisit it, but I can actually live vicariously through Nicola, who's going to watch mm. the series for the first time. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, yeah, I'm going to, I intend to sort of revisit as well. We do it episode by episode. Yeah. Talk about it with you fine people out yeah, there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's going to be sort of a, a, a re-education or a re-indoctrination for yeah. me as well. Because I mean- it is an it, institution. It, it, yeah, it, yeah. It's it's yeah because my memories of it are just sort of one big giant Seinfeld haze of characters, catchphrases, Kramer, and- yeah, <laughs> yeah, and sort of crashing through doors and Hello Newman and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, to actually sort of break it down episode by episode and watch 
I guess the evolution of it. Yeah, how over it the became course of the this scene, phenomenon of the series as well. Yeah, see how it, what a different show it becomes, or how it yeah changes over time. So I'm, it's something I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, I've, yeah, as I said, I've been always respected and admired, and liked it to some degree. Not loved it the way I say, you know. What is your favourite show of all time? What's the TV show that you can just put on what and never get sick of? You know, I've got ones that I like to sort of, you know, I'll put them on and just have an occasional total, you know, binge and rewatch. Yeah, yeah. So like, like recently, like Thirty Rock. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, got, I, I wouldn't like, say it's my favourite of all time, but it, that's the kind of comedy that I really like. It's just joke after joke after joke. Really, joke density. I think they call yeah, it. Where yeah. It's just you know, there's plenty of it. I really like pretty much all the characters on it. Yep. Uh, I just like the style of it. So yeah, that's a more, that's a recent and certainly a recent comedy that I'm into. Oh God, if you have to, I'm trying to think of other sort of sitcoms that I like. I mean, because I'm a you know child of the '70s, teenager of the '80s. Were you a Cheers man? Not regularly, but oh, yeah. uh, but it's a show that I do really like, and it's probably one that sh- I should revisit. Because yeah, man, how long did that go? They went for over eleven a seasons. Yeah, well, that launched Frasier. It launched Frasier. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, that's that's a real sort of not by the numbers sitcom, but it's like classic sitcom structure, like one location. You feel nice this char- watching yeah, it. Yeah, this character means this. This character plays off that character. Here are your side characters, and you know, it just if you wanted to write your own sitcom, you'd kind of use that as the template and go, well, I'm going to need this character, this character, this character. I should probably set it here and these are how this would work. Yep. Cheers is like that. Yep. And I'd, look, I'd be happy to do a Talking Cheers. If you're interested in a Talking Cheers let's podcast, do, people. Let's do it. Let's do that. As many shows <laughs> as we can. But I, um, I say, like you say the word Cheers, you immediately hear the theme music in your head and yeah. you smile. You're like, I, you I do. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I like this. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, there's a lot. Yeah, Cheers is... So the Actually, podcast absolutely. where everybody knows your name is coming? Where everybody knows your name. <laughs> <laughs> but getting back to up to Seinfeld, where do you think Seinfeld sits in the grand scheme of things of TV history? Because you see it at the top of so many lists. Greatest show of all time. You comedy. do. Now, whether that sort of indicates... Where it was a, written from. Yeah, a bit of a short memory as well. Because, yeah. well, I mean, right now we're... If we're talking about recent lists and everyone's saying, yeah, Seinfeld's up the top, you've probably got a generation of writers who, maybe like yourself and myself, Grew up with it, or were aware of it in that thing. There's a you know, television's got a long, a, a longer history. Well, I was going to say, is it fair to compare it against shows like I Love Lucy and Mary Tyler Moore and things like that? I reckon, no, I reckon you can. Yeah, you draw comparisons between comedies and comedies, but you also look at the time in which it was done. Yeah, it's a very, it's, it's a very '90s show. Mm. I reckon, and I think a, that's something that I'm really keen to sort of yeah, look into, especially uh, the the um the fashion, like oh, Jerry's jeans, yeah, and the sneakers. absolutely. But also in terms of the, you know, the jokes that it uh, that it tells and the tone in which it does them, you hear a lot of people, oh, particularly on the internet these days, sort of say. Oh, I can't watch Friends anymore because it's it's attitude. So yeah, it's a product of its time. For the for the uh, for the times, these shows were actually you know kind of progressive. I will watch sometimes Nicola because Nicola's obsessed with Friends. My wife Nicola, she just Friends every day. Goes to bed watching Friends. There are some points where I sort of feel uncomfortable, but it's not where I'm just going to go. I'm not going to watch the show anymore and boycott it because there was two homophobic jokes. Well, so, yeah, I mean, in the case of Friends, say, I mean, yeah, a lot of people take issue with like. Oh, you know, Chandler's freaked out that his, you know, his mum was what his dad was. His a, dad is now his mum. Yeah, a drag queen, basically. Yeah, is she a drag queen or is she actual transsexual? I can't oh, remember. Or well, um, whatever. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. These days, it falls under the blanket term transgender. Yeah, the joke isn't really so much. The joke's not on 
Kathleen Turner, the jokes on Chandler that he's so repressed and so and so uh, you know sort of uncomfortable. Well, with that, it. that's why the Homer's phobia, the episode of The Simpsons, works so well because yeah. they're trying to say Homer shouldn't be thinking like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, John Waters is the hero of that episode. <laughs> John Waters is fantastic. John Waters is fantastic. I think is that that's the episode where he where they go to the, the steel fam- mill. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone remembers that. Yeah, yeah. and <laughs> you tend to think, oh well, that's a bit iffy these days. Is it though, really? Because I mean, it's. Everyone in the foundry is having a good time. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like a blast. I'd go there. I would work for that place for yeah. damn sure. But, but I mean, so, um, I don't know if it really answers your question, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to sort of yeah. revisiting, not just for the nostalgia value, but also just reevaluating 90s comedy and what comedy was like in the 1990s. Yeah. I wonder how many people from my generation are still rediscovering Seinfeld. Because the popularity seems to be growing and growing. Yeah. But for a long time there, it just seemed like I was the only one watching it. Like, none of my friends gave a shit. I think I think everything everything has a bit of a lull period. Yeah. You know, it's, it's either you pay no attention to it or you're kind of like, oh, can you believe we're into that? You know, and then you give another 10 years and it's like, yeah, Let's go there's, back a, to that. There's, a, there's a reason we're into that. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. either it made us feel good at the time we would want to sort of, you know, get a little inkling of that feeling again, or it was a legitimately good show or piece of music or whatever. And that's why you revisit it. So, yeah, yeah that, that's why I'm keen to sort of check it out. It's like, does this play? Does this play today? And not because, you know, does it still work as a comedy or does it work as a time capsule of 90s comedy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's something I'm really keen to explore. I think Friends is the ultimate 90s time capsule. Yeah, because when did Friends start? Friends like 94. 94? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, so Seinfeld had that early 90s, ended in 98. Friends yeah. went over to 2004. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that'll be interesting as well. So, I mean, I'm keen to sort of listen to you and Nicola talking about that. Yeah. Feel free to join us. Absolutely. I'll, I'll, I'll drop in for the. You know, do my shitty Matthew Perry impersonation or something <laughs> I like can't that. wait to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I remember when I first discovered Seinfeld, what I loved about it was that they, it, it wasn't so much just the humour, it was the way they made the show. So, like an episode where they just waited for their table at a Chinese mm. restaurant. Oh, yeah. The entire episode in the car park, like the car garage. Yeah. That kind of thing in early 1990s just wasn't done in yeah. TV comedy. So, and I, yeah. I love that they're willing to push the boundaries of how a sitcom could be presented. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, uh, I'm a big Andy Kaufman fan, and he pushed the boundaries. Yeah, that, that likewise kind of with Gary Shandling. I mean, I think mm-hmm. Gary Shandling yep. did the same with uh, certainly with its Gary San- Shandling show, a bit also with Larry Sanders show. But yeah, I mean, Seinfeld took that and made it a little less radical, a little less experimental. But you know, I think that, yeah, one of the reasons of its success is. It struck that fine balance between this is just mainstream enough and just ex- or it's just experimental enough for the mainstream. It's just mainstream enough for. Did I get that right? You know what I mean. I know what you mean. <laughs> it, it's 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 the best of both worlds, yes, and both exactly. audiences can enjoy. Yep, yep, yep. yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, so that's yeah. I think that's one of the reasons for its ongoing or its enduring popularity. And I'm not too sure, but I get the vibe that Elaine was a female character that you didn't see quite often on TV at all. Where, where she had no intention of ever being married and settling mm. down and having kids. Like she'd go out and her partners and whatnot, but that it wasn't your typical, I want to raise a family. No, was, no. She was, she was very, one of the boys. She was very much one of the guys, but not conspicuously so. She was very, very womanly, very yeah. feminine. Yeah, and discussing but, topics that weren't discussed, like your period and things. You, you, oh, absolutely. And, yeah. and um, birth control. You did, just didn't discuss that on no, TV no. comedy in primetime. Absolutely not. But yeah, the Seinfeld found a way around it. Yeah. and 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 very, you know... Very cleverly and very elegantly, and and you know, 
you know, you mentioned the stuff about master of your domain earlier. I mean, all the yeah. catchphrases they come up with is like, this is the way we're going to talk around the fact that these people are not masturbating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or they masturbate frequently and now they are not going to. Yeah. And use these and, yeah, and because of that, People, I think people responded to that cleverness and, yeah, it sort of filtered its way into the, their own their own vocabulary. That's one of my favourite moments in all of Seinfeld where they're all peering <laughs> out the window with the, 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 the masturbation and Kramer just sort of veers off into the distance and then comes back in, slams the money in the table, <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm out. out. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, it's, so good. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. <laughs> but, yeah, so talking Seinfeld, before we get into what the show is going to be, just, I know, just to wrap this up, Yep. tell the listeners who you are, why you are the ultimate man to do this podcast. Well... When it comes to discussing television. Okay. Okay, full disclosure. My name is Guy Davis. Yeah. Uh, I am older than I care to admit, so we won't go into ages here. But for the last eh, 25 years and change... So when did you get into the business? Right. Oh, in, in the 90s. So, so yeah. I mean, early I start- 90s? Early 90s you were writing? Or? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, I, I started writing for a street paper here in Geelong called Forte, doing you, film okay, reviews. You wrote for Forte, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was my first sort of uh, paid writing gig. Yep. Um, Which still exists today. It does indeed. Yep. Uh, and I was doing film reviews and a regular column about VHS videotapes mm. uh, for them. And I did that for a uh, best part of the 90s. Mm. Moved on to uh, another newspaper, the Geelong Advertiser, based in good old Geelong, Victoria. Doing film reviews, the occasional TV review in the 2000s, started writing uh, writing and editing a syndicated TV guide that went to about a dozen or so papers around the country. Which one? The, the- it was uh, for an outfit called Page Masters, but okay. it, you know the, the TV guide was one of those supplemental ones. Yes, like, I know yeah, what you mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, was, it was in the Geelong Eddy, but it was also in the Canberra Times. A dozen or so papers around the way, and occasionally articles from that would appear in The Age and the Sydney Morning Herald. Oh. So... And plus, I was also writing about TV for a street paper called The Music, based out of Melbourne, but also went nationwide. Yep. But before then, I was even... My, my parents and my sisters will tell you that, you know, the first thing I was reading from a very young age was like TV Week. So you're Homer Simpson. Pretty much. <laughs> I, you know, I've got a little flag that says, you know, TV sports. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like sport, but I like sport TV. Um, yeah, so I mean, I've been watching and I guess thinking about... And, TV since I was a very, very yeah, yeah. young person. And, you know, when I found a way to monetize that in the 90s and the 2000s, I took it and ran with it. So, yeah, I mean, I've, inter- I've interviewed a lot of people. I've watched a lot of shows. So I like to think I've got sort of bona fides. You say a lot of people. You've interviewed the biggest stars in the world. I have spoken to a fair few people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I honestly don't know anyone else who knows more about film and TV than you. I'd say it might be you, Dando. Of The Simpsons, and that's it. <laughs> no, you know <laughs> well, this everything. Is, well, well, this is going to be... Uh, you um, know everything. This is going to be a good learning experience for both of us. I'll bring up a movie and you'll say like that guy who had one scene, like halfway through the film, and you're like, oh yeah, he was also in this, in this, in this, and in, 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 in this. It comes from not having any friends growing up. <laughs> no, I, I had friends it. growing up. <laughs> they were all on screen. No. <laughs> yeah, so Talking Sci-Fi is just going to be us revisiting the show because we both enjoy the show. Absolutely. We just haven't gone back and watched it for a long we time. We have not, and I think it's going to be, yes, a, a bit of an educational experience. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. A bit of a nostalgic experience, a bit of a fun experience. As well. I can't I mean, wait to it, just enjoy the show again. Yeah, because yeah. it, it's a fun show. Yeah, as well. it's a it's a fun and funny show. Yeah, so relatable for so many reasons. And yeah, I, there are a lot of podcasts out there already who talk about Seinfeld about how much they love the show. They're hardcore fans. We're not going to lie, we're not hardcore fans, but you're going to love listening to us talk about it. We're not hardcore fans, but we are willing to be. <laughs> Con- <laughs> convince us, Seinfeld. Come on, man. You know, you 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 may actually. <laughs> 
we may make you enough money that you actually get to a billion dollars. <laughs> He's like, we get a cut of our Patreon. At which point we'd like a cut. Jerry's lawyers are probably getting in touch and say, oh, talking Seinfeld. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, my we'll, name, we'll, hey? We'll, <laughs> we'll take that much <laughs> off the top. It's like, uh, okay, Jerry. <laughs> I will leave you 12%. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's uh, that's what talking Seinfeld is going to be yes. about. I'm Really looking forward to what Dano has to say about it because he's a smart, enthusiastic guy. Well, it is, but basically, if you've heard my podcast, my podcast, Four Figure Discount, we're just going to get every episode, do them in order, bit of structure there, and we're just going to analyze each episode and just sort of discuss. Because yeah. I feel like Seinfeld is one of those shows where it's going to allow for a lot of tangents. I think so. And that's yeah. going to be the fun of it. Absolutely. I, I mean, like you've, you've already, yeah. you already know the, if you're listening to a Seinfeld podcast, you know the ins and outs of what made the episode happen. You already do. So, yeah. but um, you don't know what we think about it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's worth listening to. Yeah. So, it's uh, going to be a hell of a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to it, man. So, yeah. um, and the good thing wait, about so it. So, when, when, when are we doing our first episode? <laughs> so, 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 this is going to be a bi weekly show um, at the moment on the Four Finger Discount Patreon page. So, if mm-hmm. you want to listen to this, obviously, if you are listening to this, you are a Four Finger Discount patron. But if you're not a Four Finger Discount patron, that means you're listening to this well into the future from when we're recording <laughs> this. So, I plan on making this free, shall we say, after the first season? Why not? Yes. And then, if you want to be a patron, you can be a season ahead. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So, this is, this is why Dando's in the big chair. <laughs> You know, surrounded by the screens, and I'm sort of like sitting on the floor, cuddling a microphone. Going, hmm? Can I get a chair eventually? Would you like a big, would you like a big boy chair next week? Oh, I don't know. If I would be inclined to do this. Oh, you, you look very yeah, you look very Captain Kirk in that chair. So I, I think I think I've got to earn it. No, no, no. You you are well worthy. You're, you're chair worthy. <laughs> and one of these days, hopefully, sponge worthy. Oh, actually, no. We shouldn't be talking about that in relation to the two of us. But um, <laughs> why not? But uh, the first. Yeah, that's a, that sounds like a very good plan. We're going to be reviewing the Sci-Fi Chronicles. It's going to be available in two weeks' time. So if you listen to this Four Finger Discount patrons First of all We love you Thanks for supporting the show Subscribing Thanks, Hope you enjoyed Talking Seinfeld Until then I'm Dando I'm Guy Catch you then